3: In the 2015 NBA Draft, the Indiana Pacers select Miles
0: Turner from the University
1: of Texas. Paul George of
4: Fresno State University.
3: Godal Pitadde from Tbilisi, Georgia.
4: You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Fachi. Pacer Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Prospect Chronicles. And joining me today, as he does every week, he is the co-owner of Indy, Future Husband Debate, the president of the Jermaine O'Neill Fan Club, and his Twitter is currently a Seth Curry Santa account. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one and only Michael, Jerome Fachi. Focci, Focci wow. you said uh, you wanted a better intro. Uh, I could do better. How'd no, I do? no,
1: that was good. I cannot argue with a thing over there. There is some Seth Curry love going on. uh, But hey, I'm not going to waste any more time on that. But we have an action-packed episode for listeners today, Alex. Absolutely.
4: We have Richard Stamen coming on. You probably know him better on Twitter as at MavsDraft, and he is going to break down the game of Moses Moody. This is a prospect that I'm absolutely falling in love with. I think he makes incredible sense here for the Pacers at 13th. I know that I'm really, really high on Scotty Barnes, but this might be my second number, uh, my second player overall on that list.
1: Yeah, Alex, I mean, from the film I was watching, the research I was doing on Moses Moody, I I did fall in love. I really felt like this is a guy that I don't think is going to be there when the Pacers pick unless something very, you know, something lucky happens in a few weeks. But I just – a man can dream, can't he?
4: I I think that this is a dream that could become a reality, Fachi. I I really do. I hope. I think you guys are going to love what Rich had to say about him with the player comps that he gives.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
4: Man, it is. It, it makes you wonder why he would even fall to 13. But I think there is a possibility he does. I'm not saying he will. He's been all over the mock boards. He's been all over the different mock drafts, like where he's falling. I, I don't have a good feel of where he lands, but I am super excited to see him as an NBA player. I
1: really am because it just feels like after years and years of of Pacers draft picks not being ready to play – it feels like Moses Moody might be ready to go
4: from day one. I, that's, that's what Rich kind of highlighted there in the conversation. So let's not spoil any more of it, Foch. Let's get right to it. Here's our conversation with Rich. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Prospect Chronicles. Here on Setting the Pace, I'm your host, Alex Golden, joined as always by Michael Fochie. Fochie, what's
1: going on, brother? Hey, nothing much. Excited to keep the Prospect Chronicles going as the countdown to the NBA draft is on. Absolutely. And today I'm super excited to bring on
4: Richard Stamen. You probably know him from Twitter at by his handle, at MavsDraft. And he's going to help us break down the game of Moses Mooney. But Rich, thanks so much for coming on, man.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm really excited for this episode.
4: All right, so I'll start things off here because I've kind of I've not made an official big board yet but I've looked at five candidates that I really like for the Indiana Pacers and if we're talking about wings I am really infatuated with Moses Moody's game so I'm probably that's probably my number one guy uh, as far as wings go that I would like for them to take because of his wingspan and his athleticism but just give me a little rundown on some of the strengths you love about Moses Moody's game.
2: Yeah, he's one of the safest lottery prospects. I think, you know, wings that are around six, 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 seven with a seven, one wingspan really don't come around too often. I feel like, especially ones that are lights out shooters, really good defenders, and have really strong feel for the game. That combination just doesn't come around too often. And I think someone like that is an easy to see 10 year career. So I'm really high on his just immediate ability to come in and be an outstanding, you know, rotation player from day one.
1: You know, Rich, please do not tell my fiance, but I think I have fallen in love with Moses Moody. Uh, I mean, from watching the film, from reading all about him, we're talking about a 6'62 guard with an apparent over seven foot wingspan. And uh, I'm getting the feeling that do you think Moody can establish himself as a two way player in the NBA or more of a scorer that's a capable NBA defender?
2: Yeah, I can't figure out his scoring ability because I just don't know what his handle looks like at the next level. That's far and away the area I have had the hardest, the most difficulty in evaluating. But I do think at the least he's a safe three and D prospect. He kind of fits that bill about as simply as any prospect you'll find in the class.
4: And and just at 19 years old, I know that it's hard to really tell what a guy's future is going to be like, but do you anticipate him being a rotational player when he gets into the league right away? Does he have starter level potential to, right away, or or do you think he's more of a project where like give him a couple of years and he could really be, you know, that next level starter or a really good rotational player?
2: Yeah, I think I think there's a case where you know you plug him in on some teams, possibly even Indiana, depending on what the offseason looks like, and he might start from day one.
1: Wow. I mean, that would be very exciting because the 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 previous draft picks in Indiana. That has not been the case. I mean, we have been waiting and waiting, and in some terms are still waiting. Um, But one thing that very much impressed me was Moses' ability to get to the free throw line. As a freshman, he averaged nearly six attempts per game. Do you think his ability to attack and get to the line will continue on the next level?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be six attempts per game level. I think it's a little bit toned down. I think that's a very optimistic outcome is that continues. But, you know, as I think most of those attempts came off of cuts and off-ball action where he wasn't scared to go at the rim protector. And that kind of mentality really goes a long way. So I think the big, you know, separator for him is isolation scoring. And if he can develop that, he's going to have just such a high ceiling and that, tr- that free throw attempts is going to translate.
4: Can you tell me a little bit about his work ethic? Is it something that is there or or is he a guy that is just naturally talented and he doesn't have to put too much work into it?
2: Yeah, so I haven't heard too much about, like, you know, if he's a, I hate this phrase, but gym rat or anything like that. Uh, but I do know that he his game is effortless, if that kind of answers that question. I imagine he has a hard, you know, work ethic and and goes, you know, puts in a lot of work, but honestly can't speak too much about it. I don't know one way or the other.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, you know, as someone who I, I felt like from everything I was reading, very complimented on his three ball, getting to the line, hitting his free throws, rebounding, defending. I mean, this was a guy that was a four star recruit who then ended up winning SEC freshman player of the year, took Arkansas to heights that they haven't been to in nearly 30 years. I mean, what more would you have wanted to see from him out of his freshman year?
2: Yeah. You know, being one of the top recruits to ever come out of Arkansas, I think he's the second behind Malik Monk. The big things for him, I only have two negatives on his scouting report and that's, he needs to reduce his movement and his jump shot. You know, sometimes his legs just flail out, which is uh, just a pet peeve. And I think it's pretty fixable. And then also his first step is really just not good for a wing. He doesn't really blow by anyone. Those are the only two areas I see as improvements for him. And again, both are on the offensive end. So,
4: I know that it's hard to give, you know, good player comps, and I don't know if you're a fan of player comps or not, but if there's any player like you could compare him to, who would that be?
2: So I think the very best case scenario starts – it's really one player that comes to mind, and that's Chris Middleton. You know, if he develops his ball skills, he's 100% going to be the next Chris Middleton. Another one is – and I I hate to use this guy because – this player is a generational player, but a toned down version, just if you look at the skill sets and things like that, you know, little ability to put the ball on the floor, but when they do, it's successful, great at defense and outstanding three point shooter. And to be clear, I don't think this player, I don't think Moody will ever be this player's level of shooting, but Klay Thompson vibes a little bit, just that role that he can fill at a, such an elite level, being like the three and D plus and just being an outstanding complementary piece. I really do think someone like those two players, are possible. Again, I don't think he's like Klay Thompson necessarily, but he's a toned down skill set of Klay Thompson.
1: Hey, we'll take a toned down Clay Thompson (laughs) any day. Um, you know, I he was complimented like I mentioned on his three-point shooting. Shot roughly 36%, you know, just over five attempts per game. So it it feels like a decent sample size. Do you think this is someone though that can potentially get to that? I don't want to say elite three point shooting, but maybe consistently be in that 36 to 38% range at least in the NBA.
2: Yeah, I, I think 36, 38 is pretty low. I'd be pretty shocked if he doesn't have multiple seasons above 40% from three. Wow, okay. Just the, the 80% from the free throw line as a wing is really, really telling. Most of the time the players who hit 80 are guards. And I, I just I think he's a special free throw shooter. And the free throw shooting is probably the number one indicator for jump shooting success and the jump shot is just so projectable it's such a clean release again outside of like the the leg kick he sometimes does but that's so fixable that I don't really consider that something that'll weigh down his percentage.
4: So as someone who's curious to see who the Pacers might be slotted to pick in mock drafts across the internet I've looked and I've seen Moses Moody all over the place where do you have him at on your big board and why do you think it's so hard to pinpoint where he exactly falls in this draft?
2: Yeah, I have him seventh just because I I think you can't really discount the safeness of a lot of players. People overthink those guys a lot in favor of star upside. But the thing with Moody is I think a lot of people are struggling to say there's th- three real outcomes. His worst case is just being a 3 and D guy. His case is being a 3 and D guy who can do some other stuff occasionally. And it's probably a pretty solid starter. The worst case, I should clarify, is probably a bench 3 and D guy. And then his best case is like that Middleton role. So... I think a lot of people just don't know which end they fall on, fall into on that. So I think that's part of the struggle.
1: Okay. If he was to slip in the draft, what do you think would be the reason why?
2: So I would say two things. One, the, the lack of confidence in him developing into that star upside and being an isolation scorer kind of hinted at with the, you know, the slow first step. And then also just passing up for higher ceilings, you know. There's going to be guys like Jaden Springer, who's one of the youngest players in the draft, that might go ahead of him, even though I have him a little bit lower. There's teams love shooting for the fences, right? And like they're swinging for the fences. Excuse me. And I think that I think that's more of it than anything against Moody, to be honest.
4: Well, and I think with the Indiana Pacers and their draft history, it's been pretty lackluster to say the least. I mean, swinging for the fences by, you know, drafting TJ Leaf over other guys like (laughs) OG Ananobi and John Collins, you know, even guys, people were clamoring for at that moment in the draft. You know, it's like, what were they swinging for there? And anyway, were they swinging for a single? Because to me, it it made zero sense to get him or even draft him. I couldn't stand that pick. But looking at a guy like Moses Moody, I really feel like and and correct me if you think I'm wrong based on how you kind of look at the Pacers draft history. They seem to draft safe players. I mean, they've drafted older guys too in in previous years, looking at like a Solomon Hill or an Aaron Holiday, but they've also drafted, you know, kind of young projects like a Gogo Batadze a couple years ago. So Moody is kind of a safe bet, but at the same time, he's still just turned 19 a few days ago. Do you think that this is a gamble here for the Pacers if they take him at 13?
2: I think he falls closer to the safe bet, but he's – he has a little bit of that middle ground where he has high upside still, you know, like you said, he's still very young and so much room for improvement. And a lot of those guys that they show that safeness, that can actually be an indicator for star upside, almost closer to than a high floor for a lot of times. So I think it's a good middle ground where this, the floor isn't very bad, you know, of getting him, but the ceiling could be that fringe all star year in, year out.
1: Okay. I mean, I like that. Hey, I think at this point, you know, when you're picking 13th overall, if you can get a fringe all-star, I mean, you got to be pretty happy about that. I'm a little bit worried if if Moody goes a bit higher uh, than where the Pacers are picking, but we'll wait and find out. But, you know, one thing I thought he did really well that we touched on a bit was, you know, scoring. He had the green light. In 23 of his 32 games played, he attempted 10 shots or more, which as a freshman, I I think is, you know, that's a lot. And and basically by doing the math, one out of every four games, he scored 24 or more. So eight different times. Uh, Is there something maybe that we're overlooking in terms of something that he does very well outside of scoring that we should focus on a bit more?
2: Honestly, I think it's his game is just so simple that I don't think there's anything really overlooked on it. I think it's more about just volume of shooting just because, you know, the nature of high scoring and three point shooting, they go hand in hand. So I think a lot, I bet in a lot of those eight games the three-point shooting was very high, right? Like I actually don't have it in front of me, um, but I would imagine he took a lot of threes in those games, right?
1: Yeah, good amount. Of, I mean, he averaged over five a game from three. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think that's a big part of it. He can shoot off the dribble. That's probably one thing I would say that um, isn't taken enough, doesn't get enough, you know, praise. Even though that's a really valuable skill, especially as a shooter. So. That would probably be the answer I would give.
4: All right, well, let's look at his fit here with the Indiana Pacers if they were to select him. Assuming they bring back the same starting five at this point, you'll have Brogdon, Lavert, T.J. Warren, Miles Turner, and DeMontis Sabonis. But on the bench, you know, you could be losing McDermott and McConnell. You know, Edmund Sumner's kind of been that backup to this past season. They've got Aaron Holiday there as well. How do you think he fits in this second unit with this Pacers team if he were to be drafted by him?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you can fit a shooter pretty much into any lineup. So, <laughs> by like, it's kind of a cheating answer. I think you can fit him in anywhere. But at the same time, you know, my co-host on Mavs Podcast, we actually talked about this. And we were talking about, you know, do you play him up or do you play him down? And I think he honestly could play anywhere from two to four. So, you could build a pretty solid lineup around him. Again, seven one wingspan makes that very flexible. So, if you wanted to put him in a lineup with Levert and Brogdon – and Lamb or something on the bench or Warren, whoever you want to place in there, you could still play Moses Moody. That's that's really impressive to me. Not a lot of teams can say that.
1: So is this is Moses someone who you think early on his career is going to be able to be successful without the ball in his hand? I know you mentioned a three and D, but you know if he's not getting shots up, do you think he can still impact the game?
2: Yeah. So I that's my biggest thing. I look for in prospects is I try and find games where. You know, they didn't really, they go like two of five or something. And there were a few of those. I think actually the second game of the year against North Texas, even though the competition wasn't great, he had, he went two of nine, still got to the line, you know, six attempts and was playing lights out defense. Again, competition not great, even though North Texas made the tournament, he was still one of the most impactful players in that game. And that you can find any of his bad games. And that pretty much is the same statement is that even when he's not scoring, he's finding ways to make positive impact
4: one thing about Moody is he had a really good high school career and I'm curious, you know, looking at some of his high school film and then looking at his first year in Arkansas, do you consider him a guy that needs to have the ball in his hands to be successful? I mean, is he a guy that can play with other playmakers or does he do a better job at being the primary playmaker?
2: Yeah, I, I like his playmaking upside as a passer, but not as a creator, if that makes sense. Like I don't see him, you know, making a lot of passes off the dribble and such, but he's really good at making that extra pass and he's really good out of traps finding finding his open teammates and things like that, where I think just by nature of being around NBA players, he's going to get two assists a game just because he's intelligent enough as a passer. But I do think that he needs the, I don't think he like needs the ball in his hands as a creator, but overall, I mean, yeah, he's going to be off ball a lot being as a spot up shooter. So to be at his best, he would probably need multiple threes per game, I think to really stand out.
1: I think so. It makes sense. I think he definitely has the capability in order to be able to, you know, achieve that. Uh, depending on which mock boards, you know, mock, mock drafts, draft boards, whatever you want to call them, uh, a lot of them have him as the number two shooting guard behind Jalen Green. Now That can vary. Uh, in terms of two guards, where is he on your list?
2: Yeah, so I have him number three, technically, because I don't count Jalen Suggs in the yeah, two guards. Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's tricky so i'm excluding him from this so i'm actually very high on james book and i have him number one as the two guards and then Jalen green and then i have moses moody if you count him as a two it's actually that's five six and seven on my board is that exact order Mm -hmm.
4: so just looking at other players that have been kind of mocked around him why do you think that, like, you know, we're going to talk with you about a guy like Josh Giddy, somebody like that, you know, there's a lot of swings, you know, swing for the fences. guys that might have a higher risk, high, high reward type of player. Like, why do you think it would be smarter to bank on a guy like Moody over one of those guys?
2: Yeah. So if you look, um, not to play spoiler, because I, I know we'll be talking about Giddy, but Giddy has a fatal flaw. I don't think there's any, I think you could probably say there's two prospects in the maybe three in the top 10 that don't have a fatal flaw and Moses Moody is one of them. He just, even if he, even if all of his negative traits translate to the NBA and those hold him back, he's still a rotation player. I don't think you can say the same about several other guys in that range where, you know, there's just one thing holding them back. And I, I don't see it with Moody. I don't see anything that stands out where it's like, all right, if he doesn't fix this, he's not touching an NBA court.
1: All right. Now, when you mentioned, you know, you have James Booknight um, ahead of him, Uh, Booknight, a sophomore, you know, when I'm looking at most mock boards, you know, it's pretty much freshman, 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 and including the G League guys, like uh, Jonathan Kuminga, you know, Jalen Green. Um, Do you think that extra year of experience for Booknight is enough to have him go ahead of Moody?
2: Yeah, I think he's got higher upside and really like his middle ground is just so high. Being a three-level scorer with athleticism at at like a shooting guard kind of combo guard. I think that's a pretty high level player and they translate pretty easily. So when I look at him, I see a lot of shades of Zach Levine and kind of Bradley Beal to an extent, you know, Bradley Beal earlier in his career was a better defender than he is now. And Book Knight's a pretty decent defender Um, and just the ability to create and score at such a high level. I think someone like him, it translates so easily.
4: So what you're telling me is you'd rather have Zach Levine than Chris Middleton? (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Which, which I know the, in the division, that's probably, I don't know how y'all stand watching that from afar, but yeah, that, that is where I stand on that. <laughs> I think
4: their games are totally different. So it's kind of hard to compare it right. to the because they both do really a lot of good things. And I feel like Levine's been criticized. And I feel like Middleton's been a little bit unfairly criticized as well because of the contract that he got, but to wrap it up here, my last thing I want you to do here to to close out this podcast I want you to give me your best campaign speech for a team that would be looking to draft Moses Moody. What would you tell the people that are you know basically just come out here and give a speech on why we should draft Moses Moody?
2: Yeah, so for Indiana, I mean, they're an absolutely perfect fit on my on my team needs sheet that I have. The three things I have are they need a defender, like a defensive minded player of any capacity, a shooter into forward. And every single one of those boxes is checked by Moses Moody. Like I said, he can play both forward slots. He's very flexible in the lineup, versatile. He can shoot. He, he is a modern wing. And the upside, if you can develop his ball skills, which I don't think is that much of a stretch, even though he doesn't have a great first step, the ceiling could be very high on that as a complementary piece to a guy like Sabonis. I think it really fits the core needs for the Pacers.
4: Well, lock me in. I am ready to draft Moses Moody after this conversation. <laughs> I uh, I love Chris Middleton too. He's like one of secretly my favorite players in the Eastern Conference. So, uh, say what say what you want about me there, but I do love Middleton's game, and I just feel like this would be a great fit for the Pacers. So, Rich, where can the people find you at on social media?
2: Yeah, at Mavs Draft, and uh, you can also see me on uh, on Locked On NBA Draft and Mavs Draft podcast.
4: Awesome. Well, guys, we'll be back next week. With Rich, talk about Josh Giddey. So hope you guys stay tuned for that one. Follow us on Twitter at setting the Pace 3 Fachi at underscore FACCI, and I'm at Alex Golden, NBA. We'll be back next week.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.